0: Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me
1: and my guest, Mark F. Adam, the CEO and president of Nixa, as we talk about the journey to creating Quebec's best development firm of 2020. Mark shares his passion for IT and entrepreneurship and how early mentorships geared him to where he's at now in the service of all his stakeholders and the field he champions. In this interview, you'll also learn a ton from Mark's discipline in managing work and workforce. So stay tuned, welcome, and enjoy. All right, here we go. We've got Mark Adam here, and he is the CEO, president, and investor in Nixa. Mark, welcome.
0: Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me today.
1: Mark, for the Cashville Canucks community, can you talk a little bit about, uh, just share a little bit about your story and we can kind of go from there.
0: Absolutely. Well, if you want me to start from the start, I come from the Ottawa region on the Quebec side. So get to know. I grew up there. And then at uh, 15 years old, I quit school and start working in the restaurants industry. So I worked in the restaurants for 10 years, eight years as a cook, two years as a waiter. Um, and then I went uh, back to school, uh, finished my high school, got my, uh, my diploma, and then directly into uh, to the university uh, right here in Montreal. I moved uh, in Montreal about 13 years ago for school, which I stay now. Uh, and I studied in management, uh, IT management. Uh, Basically, so business administration, uh, IT side and while I was at school, um, I I like to have many projects at the same time, you know, so I decided to launch my company, uh, grab a partner in one of my class, and then we start Nixa, uh, which we had the success since there. And uh, since then, and I uh, bought up my partner in 2016. Uh, Today, I have 100% of the share at Nixa here. And over the years, opened uh, a few offices around the world. So New York, Philadelphia, and Dubai. And Nixa, we're specialized in complex web development. So we build website, mostly transactional, so software as a service, web application, mobile application. And we do a lot of system integration as well, connecting system together so we can have a data transfer a system that speaks to each other. And we've been named uh, best web development firm in Quebec for 2020.
1: Nice. And um, so, before we we dive into more about the company, because I do want to know more about it, th- that journey. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Fifteen years old, you know, leaving school, just getting out and starting. And is that you? I don't know if you're a quick start or something that's in you that kind of um, brought you to that. And then to be to start your own company too. Can you talk about those? those points
0: Well absolutely the the story is that I, I learned how to program when I was 10 years old. Um, I had a chance to have a teacher that knew programming when I was to elementary school and she taught me how to program basically and it was part of the uh, Minister of Education here in Quebec and they wanted to know can we teach a young kid to program? And and the story says, yes, you can actually teach kids how to program. Um, So I started programming. And the first company I launched, I was actually 11 years old. And obviously, that was taking a lot of my time over the years. And I was kind of bored at school. It was easy for me. And I guess I I was kind of bored. I was ready to start my life. So at 15 years old, after my birthday, got an apartment. uh, And and I got a job because I needed to pay the rent. So I got a job in restaurants and I was working full time. And I think with the programming at the website that I had launched online, and I think school was too much for me maybe. So I that's why I quit, but I never stopped programming. So even when I was working as a cook in a restaurant, I had my side project as well. Um, so entrepreneurship was always part of my life. And that's why I knew that I will never work for anybody else um, after. Uh, and this is why I went back to study in IT management, uh, which leads me here today.
1: And I think that's a a powerful thing to learn too. Although you did drop out of school, you never stopped learning, right? You just I never stopped learning. Yeah,
0: and that's- And I knew knew that I will go back. Maybe it was just not the right fit, not the right time. We know that um, a lot of our young male students quit around 15 years old. Uh, it's almost 40%, if I don't mistake, here in Quebec. That's a lot of young folks. That's why I do now conferences in high school to explain them about the IT industry, the different jobs that we can have. But I also touch entrepreneurship. And my goal is to make a difference in these young boys' life. Girls too as well, but I, I will say that boys are more in danger to quit school. Um, and I mean, if I can do a conference in a class and have, only one of these boys stay at school because I inspire him, because I I, I tell them my stories, and um, then I think I will have make a, I will have make a difference.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it, it, you know, I would say you almost make it sound too easy making those leaps, because I where I came from, it was go to school, get a yeah. job at a safe company, and all that. What do you think it was in, in 8 in you, or were there any specific moments that Made you make that entrepreneurial journey so early? It took me, you know, twenty years in IT, um, IT sales in a big corporation before I realized, okay, I need to get out. It was just sucking life out of me.
0: Yeah, um, I, I had a model in my life, which was my mentor, um, and I grew up around him. And he was one of the most successful entrepreneur in the Ottawa region. Uh, very wealthy man, and he, he basically teach me how to um, not only how to be your own boss, but he inspire me into growth. So I, I'm working in IT right now, but I say sometimes that I could run a a factory, I can run a, a box factory, and it will be pr- pretty much the same thing, right? So IT is there because it's my passion. This is where I have my knowledge, um, but I, I, I could I could certainly start any kind of company. And find my way uh, into it. So there's a part of passion, but there's also a passion about entrepreneurship that I uh, I had since I was a uh, since I was a kid. My dream was to be a businessman. So what I did is I created my dream job, and I've been living the dream since then.
1: Very nice. And and so now to Nixa, let's talk about yeah. that the company itself and kind of the evolution of of that. Um, you know, obviously you're putting a lot of work to. To understand, and I think uh, web development, you know, SaaS, um, you're you're building apps, all that. What is and um, and you you know global as well. So maybe there's a couple of areas of there. Um, let's talk specifically about who is your ideal client for for Nixa.
0: Yeah, well, ideal clients change over the years. When you have your own company, um, and and I work in service, so it's a bit different than product. But every time you close a deal the deal claim, uh, tends to be bigger and bigger and bigger, which means your ideal clients should change over the year. Right now, my ideal clients, I will say, it's mainly banking, fintech and banking, uh, because these are large corporations. You know you're going to be paid. You're going to be paid at their fair price, and usually large corporation as well. They're not changing company every year, right? So when they hire a vendor, it's usually a three-year contract minimum. And that brings re- a recurring business as well because these large corporation, they're gonna have ongoing needs every month, which is good for the cash flow and the sales, obviously. So, so closing one large corporation is certainly more difficult than closing a mom and pop shop. But then over the years, you don't have to close as many. So right now I will say that my dream, wet dream clients are certainly multinationals and large corporations, but we don't have specific industries. Which helps us a lot when there's economical crisis like we're seeing right now with the COVID, because we're not focused on only one industry, um, we are less in danger um, with uh, with a recession or something like that. So I like to have a variety of clients that I can serve.
1: Right, and and how is that? Well, speaking of what we're dealing with right now with pandemic, how's that impacted your business, and how have you had to adapt to it?
0: Right. Well, that was hard. You know, when they shut down all all businesses in, um, I think it was the 18th of March, we didn't know where we were heading. We didn't know where we were going. So we had a drop of about 50% in our revenue in the first few months. So we've been impacted pretty hard. But as a good salesman, I figured that we just needed to replace that 50%, and then when the economy will restart. Then the, the the 50% that we lost will come back. And that's exactly what happened, basically. So we worked very hard on sales process. We hired new salesmen. We opened new market segment as well, new technologies that we were selling. And we kind of replaced in three months the 50% of business that we lost. And in August, when the economy restarted, well, we were back back in growth. And we hired 10 people since then. So we're very happy um, about the way we we did it. And we're proud as well because we we, we kept all the employees on the payroll full time um, and everybody got their paid. And, and so far after the COVID right now, we are way stronger than we were back in February. Um, so 2020, I will say, even with COVID was Nexa's best year. So we finished at 84% growth. Uh, even with COVID, obviously without COVID, we will have probably finish around 140 percent of growth. Uh, but I, I will say that, in the circumstances, 84 percent is 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 good. I'm satisfied.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would think so. That's that's yeah. going to be good. It, <laughs> and and it, it sounds like you've adapted and made changes that will yeah. just make your, I. I yeah. From every entrepreneur I talk to is just, it's, it's not about that straight line. It's adapting to the environment. Yes. This is something that no one could have foreseen. I mean, maybe some people could have, but it, it was not something anyone was really prepared for, but obviously you were able to pivot and make changes. And, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, any, any lessons you've learned over the years in terms of, you know, that you would do differently in your business?
0: Um, well, yeah, I will say fire fast is probably uh, one of the advice that I will give to my 20 years old self. There's an adage that say, you know, hire slow, fire fast. And sometimes firing fast is difficult, right? So you wait maybe a little bit too long before firing people that don't do the job. And it's nothing personal, you know. We all have objective. We have to deliver objective. Um, but there's early sign on employees that you can see um, that there's no fit or they're not gonna achieve objective. And sometimes you wanna work on them and train them and train them. But the truth is that a bad hire costs a lot of money for a company. So you better fire fast uh, to save that money. And then of course, uh, rehire as soon as possible. Um, So fire fast is probably one of the things that I will teach to my younger self. Um, Beside that, choose the right partner. Uh, You know, I told you that I started my company with a partner, uh, finished in a bloodbath in 2016. Uh, So it's kind of a divorce, you know, so choose your partner wisely and don't choose your partner too fast, right? Um, You learn to know people when you travel with them. You know, if you do a road trip uh, uh, East Coast to West Coast, right, you're going to be two weeks in the same car as the person. Well, that's a good way to know the, the 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 person. I'm not saying go on a road trip with your partner, but find a way to spend quality time, personal time with that person to make sure that there's a long term fit. Uh, I think you're going to save a lot of sweat um, if you know your partner right.
1: Right. I, I think that's. Um, it's always so easy to get in yes. to business with someone. Getting out is a whole another thing. So the life cycle yes. of of that is, is so important. I think, um, yeah, it was, it was some really good lessons learned too. I think from the partnership standpoint in terms of hiring the right people too, I think those are things that maybe make you more, make a, make you a better entrepreneur in the long run too.
0: Well, my two advices touch the human side of the business. I could have say about finance. I could have say about the legal side, uh, but the lessons taken are more about the human side because at the end of the day, my business, it's a service company, is run by humans for humans. And we tend to forget that in technology. We we think that technology is at the service of human, but human are also at the service of technology and at the service of, of other humans. And that's why I think that being surrounded by the right humans, um, that's that's the key to success.
1: Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with, with that. Um, and then I guess, for you, taking this, just going back to the company itself, growth, like what made it a global company? What made you want to even decide to expand <laughs> beyond borders?
0: Yeah, I'm a traveler. I like to travel. I used to travel backpack when I was younger. Um, and when I started the company, and, and it's the case for any entrepreneur, is that you don't have a vacation anymore. You don't have weekend. You don't have days off. And after a few years, I was not traveling at all. And since I'm a, I like to travel, I decided that the best way to travel in my life will be to do business trip, right? Uh, and at the time, I was I was too young, not too young, but too small to start doing international business. And everybody told me, Mark, you're going to do mistakes. It's going to be costly. Um, and you're going to regret your decision to go overseas. Uh, but that that drive to travel and to um do business inter- internationally. I-, I had it since I was uh, young. I remember that my-, my dream was to be a businessman, but I-, I should have told you an international businessman. So I started basically just hustling in other countries, same recipe that I had in Montreal. I, I-, I think, yes, there's cultural differences, but business is business. Um, and that's the main reason why I did my first business trip. And after that, I met people. And, and what I didn't know at the time is when you start um, working in a new market, doing business development in a new market. You cannot go only once. You're going to have to go every two, three weeks of your life um, for the rest of your life. Um, so at the beginning, it was very exciting. You know, Dubai, uh, New York, uh, the US, everywhere. I was traveling in Europe, everywhere. Uh, but w- when you develop a new market, at some point, I was going to New York every two weeks, in Philadelphia every two, three weeks, in Dubai every three weeks as well. So at wow. some point, when you have the choice to travel, it's exciting. when you're obligated to travel it becomes very, very heavy um, and right now, with the pandemic, I don't travel anymore and it's kind of vacation for me right now because uh, i I don't have to do that on a on a weekly basis anymore
1: right yeah, I know it's um and and so maybe this goes to the next question I was going to ask you um, you know maybe you know, my most common reason for people failing, you had a lot of feedback. People are saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Yes. Can you talk to talk to that in terms of maybe what people say to you and maybe just maybe some reasons why people end up failing?
0: Well, yeah, well, people end up failing because they, um, they think that they can go only uh, from time to time. They think that they're gonna close their deals over the phone. They think that by going into a market, you're gonna cl- start closing some deals in the first one, two, three, four, five trips. But the truth is that my first deals was probably after the the 15 trip in New York. you know so you have to go, you have to grind, you have to hustle and you have to speak with people and and people tend to fail because first of all, they invest too much money right? Opening an office, buying some furnitures, hiring some employees, try to go on a contract basis. A good business developer in New York City costs 300 US dollar per year. That's a lot of money for for Canadians, right? Um, So better go with contract, what's your cost? Uh, But you have to go, you have to go and you have to go yourself, okay? So I think that the entrepreneur at the beginning needs to be there by himself because he's the best salesman for his company but it, it's all about don't quit. Okay. It's not because you don't have success at the beginning that you have to quit. I think that people quit too soon. Right. Um, so even after one, two, three years, don't quit, keep going, because then you're going to kind of erase all the efforts that you already made. Um, so you need to have the vision. You need to, you need to believe in it, but it's all about the people that, you know, and the people that knows you, there's no secret. Right. Um, so it's all about getting out there, speaking with people and and for my Canadian folks out there, I will say when you develop a new market, um, start with the Canadian diaspora where you are. Okay. The Canadian community, they're going to present you the locals that they know. And this is how you can basically expand your reach. So if I I start developing UK, for example, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to speak with the Canadian trade commissioner. I'm going to speak with the Canadian businessmen that are successful there, and I'm going to grow from their contacts. And I will say this is what—that uh, was a big su- success for me because I had the right contacts at the beginning, and and they were um, uh, nice enough to expand uh, their rolodex to me.
1: That's so important too, right? In making that yeah. that connection, collaborating with people, be able to to grow together in a yeah. way too, right?
0: Yeah, and help people. If, if, if you want to be helped, you need to help other people. Um, so when I speak to people, I, I never expect something in return or I never expect this person to give me something valuable. I start usually by giving them something valuable and then they're going to remember me. Okay, It's all about being remembered. I, I got a message from a folks in Philadelphia today. I haven't seen him in four years, uh, but today he got the lead and he thought about me. Why? Because he remembered me. And and I think that makes all the difference.
1: Hey, I think too. I, I mean, you've already spoken to some of the things that you do to, to give back to the community, and you know, at the the at risk, you know, teenage male, right? Yes. Speaking at high schools, all that. That's those yes. gives are so important to um, build community and help others see, especially in times like this, where we, you know, like some people, some businesses have just stopped. But yeah. understanding that there's there is opportunity out there is just how you your vantage point how you yeah. look at things
0: yeah I mean uh, I, I make it seems like Covid was easy for us because we had so so much success but it wasn't easy. I had to work double shift every day and and I'm an entrepreneur so double shift means that's a lot of hours. Uh, you know um so so all my management team double double shift uh, during COVID and this is why we succeeded I, I said my management team there's no vacation this year. Um, and some told me, Mark, it's the best time to take vacation because right now it's more quiet. And I said, no, it's it's the time to hustle right now. Take vacation when we're going to um, have uh, all the business back. And this is what, what happened, basically. Um, so it wasn't easy. And I know that it's not easy for entrepreneurs. But, but I think that entrepreneurs out there, they need to stop making excuses. Of course, if your business is shut down and you're in restaurants, I understand that It's difficult, but stop making excuses. It's not true that because of COVID, people are not buying or are not picking up the phone or not answering email. That's just not true. But that's true that you have to make twice as many phone calls to reach the same amount of people. Um, But there's no excuses because we are all in the same boat right now. So my reality is not different than the reality of my competitor across the street, right? And why do we have more success than the competitor? Competitor across the street. It's because we did uh, twice as many phone calls as we will normally do.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's that's um, a great point and great lesson for for people to to learn from uh, in, in terms of just persistence, right? And and it yes. will pay off, pay off over time. Um, yeah. And then as this really is about the community, Cashflow Connects is about building a community of you know entrepreneurs, investors, learning how to grow wealth. You know, if you you know if you had an extra 100k to invest, where would you put that money in? What's your secret to to growing wealth, whether it's in your business or outside of? Can you give some tips for
0: that? Well, a hundred k is not a lot, so I'll change your question for a million (laughs) dollar. What will I do if I had an extra million dollar in my pocket today? Well, I'll probably do another acquisition or. I mean, I'm gonna do another acquisition soon, but I will do either a bigger acquisition or a second acquisition within the same year if I I can absorb it, of course. But I I found out in the last few years that acquisition is the the fastest way to grow. You can keep grinding and you're gonna get there, but you're gonna get there slower. If you look at big guys in the world, let's take CGI, for example, which is a great, great Montreal success. Well, their growth was not that natural. They did, they they grow by acquisition, right? And acquisition um, makes you, you can double your revenue in a year um, way faster or it's not easier, but it's easier than grinding and making uh, phone calls or cold calls to grab some business, right? So if I had an extra million dollar right now, I will do an, an acquisition.
1: Right. And, yeah. and so I guess the other the other piece I wanted to circle back in terms of running a company understanding, how about enabling your employees, right? You can't be on every single task. Can you talk about no. maybe a little bit about a maybe there's a, a gap or space you leave for them to enable themselves or grow themselves as employees?
0: Yeah, totally. So I don't micromanage. I don't like to micromanage. Unfortunately, sometimes I have to do it when shit hit the fan when we have a problems with the clients, for example, I'm going to have to dig in, in the file uh, and understand exactly what, what's the problem and, and, and act on it. But most of the time, I don't micromanage and I don't have time to micromanage. So it, it's all about accountability at Nexa. Everyone is accountable for their own work, but also for the success of the company and and um, the objectives, okay? It's a, it's a shared responsibility at Nexa. And, and my rule is I prefer that you say sorry then always ask for permission. And uh, we hired three new people this week and they're almost lining up in my office to ask question about their computers and their windows. And I say, you know what, speak with your colleagues and speak with the right person. Don't come see the president every time you have. And of course my door is always open. I'm not seeing that uh, because I'm president and I don't wanna talk with my staff. It's not that, but they need to be accountable for their own work and understand that some people are more appropriate to speak about certain problems. For example, is if it's a problem in HR, speak with the HR manager. You know, don't speak with the operation manager. And and it's a challenge, I will say. Uh, but we're getting there. We're getting there.
1: Yeah. No, that's good. That's that's really, um, you know, enabling people is is the only is another way of scaling too, right? Um, yes. If you're on everything, then it's it's just not going to happen. Well, it's
0: a team effort, Peter. Honestly, I, I my success is not my success; it's my employees' success. It's a human success and a team success. Uh, so I will say that without my team, I'm I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I will be just a consultant. Uh, I will do probably a very good salary, uh, but nothing exciting, uh, you know. So I have the chance to be surrounded by an amazing team that um, that we built over the years, um, and and that's their success. Nice.
1: Hey Mark, what's uh, what's next for Anixa? what's your what's your vision for the company? Well,
0: yeah, so we're gonna try to do an acquisition in Europe in the next uh, twelve to eighteen months. So I'm gonna start looking at targets in November, which is tomorrow or in in forty eight hours. It's on my plate, and we're gonna do an- another local acquisition. So I hope to do another local acquisition in Montreal by spring. Um, so I would like to start uh, you know addressing a list of potential targets in November due diligence process in December, January, February, and hopefully sign a deal for April, May. Um, so at the end of the summer, I should I should uh, have completed my next acquisition.
1: Very nice. Mark, I really appreciate you sharing your time, your knowledge, and how you're helping other Canadians and, and businesses um, with Nixa. Um, can you ta- tell them, the audience, we'll have this in the show notes as well, just how they can get in contact with you
0: um, Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't have a, a, a public Facebook page, but you can follow me. All my posts are public. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. I, 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 I'm, not, I, I'm less on LinkedIn. Recently, I found out that um, it's mostly a machine to be um, contacted by salesmen, so it consumes a lot of my time. Uh, but follow me. I still post. Uh, you can contact me as well. I'll be glad to help you folks.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure, Peter.
1: Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cashful Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book, valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line, book, to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line, book, and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowconnucks.ca